what it is. Higher, 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 the podium an olympics podcast once again turning into a world cup podcast because we are back for another review of the week of the 2022 fifa world cup direct from qatar and we have had a very big week when i say we i mean australia because canada sucks and australia rules the socceroos have done the impossible and made ben waterworth's predictions correct by finishing second in the group and are out for the very first uh, time since 2006 of the group stage into the next round. While Canada, we're still mourning the fact that they sadly are not. But we've got plenty to talk about on Canadian and Australian front, as well as everything else that is happening. My name is Ben, and I am joined by a happy man and a sad man. The sad man is Jared Lubick because his McDonald's nuggets are no longer. He has eaten them and he doesn't have any left. Jared, welcome back to the show. Thank you. Yeah. I feel like I'm sad because like my predictions have, have been upset by this. Like <laughs> screw Australia winning. I'm not going to be happy about that if I didn't predict them to go through. Yeah. I could get up early again on Sunday morning. Far out. I thought it was going to be done by now. <laughs> like what is this crap? Uh, speaking of which, the happy man is Colin because he doesn't have to watch soccer anymore. Canada are basically <laughs> out. Uh, we've got one more game in a couple of hours, but the time we're recording this, time people are listening to this, it happened last night. But uh, Colin Hilding's back. Colin, welcome. Uh, I, I think uh, you're underestimating all Canada. Canada is thrilled right now because just in Canadian fashion, we set our expectations so low that all it took was one goal to please the country. And uh, that's all we needed. So mission accomplished. Well, I thought I would wear the Canada shirt because I got it today. And it's the only chance I really get to wear it because after this episode, we don't really talk about you guys anymore. So, um, but we'll start with Canada because I'm sure we'll wrap it on a bit about soccer is for a bit, but it, Obviously, since we last recorded, 4-1 loss to Croatia. It was very similar to what Australia faced in the mm-hmm. France game. Um, I set the alarm to watch this game because it was uh, 3 a.m. for us here in Australia. And I literally, like, roll over just as the opening whistle goes and you're sort of in that state of, like, oh, okay, I'm awake. And then, obviously, within, what, like, 90 seconds, you guys score. And I'm thinking, like, fuck, am I dreaming? What's going on? Fonso Davies creates history, first ever World Cup goal scorer in the Men's World Cup for Canada. Amazing moment. And then you just did in Australia and choked and lost 4-1. But, I mean, 
it does sound like Canada are still very satisfied with the fact that you got on the score sheet. And again, in very Canadian fashion, it was a, a polite response to a thrashing. That's what I think I saw the reaction. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think I just got to give credit to the media here, partly by setting those very low expectations that everybody was happy, but just in, in the way that this was all built up, because it was must-see from the very second. I'm glad it was must-see from the very second because typically if anything sports is on, you're like, okay, well, it's going to be 90 minutes of play at least. Or, and then, you know, maybe if if I'm busy and I have to miss the first five minutes, you know, I'll show something on a replay. But so much of this has gone into we just need one goal. There's got to be one goal that I couldn't miss it. I'm like, And not just myself, everybody couldn't miss it. So – like you were saying, you, you're you're waiting and you're waiting. And you're like, oh, okay, uh, you're barely awake. In my case, I'm like, oh, I'm busy. Do I need to watch right away? I'm like, no, no, I got to be there from minute one, minute second one. Hmm. And had I not been, I'm like, I could have missed history. And, and that's what uh, everybody was just sort of waiting for, just that, that historic moment. And you know, from this point on, now, next time, four years, we're like, okay, now we have to get a win and now we have to advance. And it's, it's only going to get harder from here, but – We'll go over the TV ratings too in a bit. Um, it wasn't just me. I mean, everybody had to watch this. People who had never watched soccer before had to watch this and ended up as like, I think the second highest rated uh, TV event of the year in Canada. What was the first? Was it, I don't know, Moose Crosses the so, Street? <laughs> so uh, the Super Bowl is number one. Um, ah, Canadian the, tradition. Those Canadian yeah, well, teams battling it out for the Super Bowl every year. <laughs> Well, the, 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 the Grey Cup had held the number two spot, which had just happened. Uh, and then our, our first game well, was Belgium we were against. Mm-hmm. So the first game with Belgium ended up beating the Grey Cup. Now, a bit of a disclaimer, both the Super Bowl and the World Cup games, uh, at least the Canada has played, were being aired on both TSN, which is on cable, and CTV, which is free network television. Uh, whereas the Grey Cup is just TSN. But still, it's like, okay, well, we beat the Grey Cup by 600,000 people. And then the Croatia game comes up, which is on a weekend, and it beats even the first game. So really just a notch below the Super Bowl, but something that's airing at 10 o'clock in the morning on you know a Sunday, uh, it's kind of unprecedented. I mean, we now hold the two highest-rated soccer games in all time in Canada, uh, and only a little bit was accomplished, but it was enough because – Everybody in this country has to tune into it. But I, I do love from what I saw the the viewing parties and just the people getting behind it. And again, for a loss, like it just, mm-hmm. it, it, I mean, in all seriousness, 4-1. And to me, it was shocking that you did lose by that much because, again, mm-hmm. we talked last week about how well you played against Belgium. But in hindsight, Belgium got beaten by Morocco. So maybe Belgium just kind of sucked this World Cup. I don't <laughs> yeah. know. But you seriously played well against Belgium, whereas this game, it just, you know, it's, again, I keep saying it, similar to the Australia-France game, you, you got the goal early and then it kind of fell apart from there. But it's just the thing that to me is the biggest shame about it is that you are eliminated. Like I, I wish that, mm-hmm. you know, Belgium had beaten Morocco so that you guys had a chance of making there it through chance, yeah. because it just seems like such an anticlimactic ending to your World Cup. You don't deserve to be, I think after Qatar, you were the, the second country eliminated. And to me, like... People will just say like, oh, yeah, well, Canada suck at soccer. That was expected. But I don't think that reflects you guys at all, particularly the qualifying, the fact that you did so well against Belgium. I mean, look at what happened to Mexico, like CONCACAF, uh, you know, sadly it seems, and I'm, I'm saying this because I don't want Costa Rica to pull up something out of their ass in a few hours' time to knock out Germany. But, like, 
you know, it hasn't been a very good World Cup for CONCACAF in terms of making it out of the first round, except for the US. But I don't think that's reflective of how well Canada have done at this World Cup. Yeah, I mean, especially with that first game. I mean, whether Belgium sucks or not, I mean, I don't think that a lot of teams can be that dominant uh, and still take a loss. Uh, but uh, at least here in Canada, people are really thrilled by it. And uh, I had already mentioned, I think, in our preview episode that there's been so much success with women's soccer in Canada that the men were almost forgotten. And they kind of made a point. It's like, hey, we're, we're, we're in this too. And what was great was uh, even during halftime when we clearly were already losing. <coughs> just dying. You just, the memories are coming uh, back. You just have to yes, choke about uh, it. <laughs> oh, we can't live through this. Um, but uh, they had one of the, uh, the the women who won the gold in Tokyo on to talk about it. And the commentators are like, they're like, oh, we don't want to be disrespectful, but like we're totally on the men's bandwagon now. And she says, it's not disrespectful. Like, I'm glad about this. Uh, and uh, I think that's one of the big uh, differences, too, is that uh, this isn't it's not necessarily a competition between men and women, but a lot of this has been about let's even the playing field a little bit. Let Let's give boys in Canada a reason to get excited about this sport as well. And uh, there's a lot of repercussions about the, you know, the, the, any type of success, even on a small level, it's not like we had to advance to really get attention on the sport here. Well, I, as I've always said, I think you guys qualified at the perfect time because it, you know, obviously getting sort of a guaranteed slot in four years time, you know, you're going to be back there. But as we've seen with Qatar, like that hasn't really played out too well for them. So I'm so glad that you guys have qualified without just being given the automatic host spot. And then just yeah. the growth in the country that, I mean, I would live there for a year and just what I saw of it, you know, the obviously with the women's team doing so well, but on the men's side of things with the the CPL, you know, Alfonso Davies just doing wonders, playing for a club like Bayern Munich, you know, just like it's just everything is going in the right direction. And I'm, I'm saying this right now. We can play this clip in four years' time. You guys are not only making – you're quarterfinalists, 2026. I'm saying it right now. You'll, you'll make minimum quarterfinals. I, I'm not even joking. I think you will. I just think the growth of the sport in that country is doing so well, and I, I do not doubt you guys will make the quarterfinals in four years' time. Uh, I mean, I won't make any predictions. Uh, I'll, I'll let you be right or wrong. But uh, <laughs> I, play I mean, this clip right. in four years' time. I'm saying it right now. Four years' time, Canada quarterfinals at their home World Cup. I'm saying it right now. But you're right. I mean, this is the right World Cup to have gotten this experience because the experience is, I think, the thing that they're talking the most about is like you you need experience on the world stage in order to really have a chance of success going forward. And we see that even in the Olympics, when you have some of these countries that are going to be hosting, it's the Olympics prior that they make the biggest push. I mean, obviously they're going to make a bigger push, but it's not just, okay, let's wait. Like Pyeongchang, Korea wasn't like, all right, let's just wait until we have the Olympics. They're thinking, okay, let's make a big show in Sochi and then we'll see what we can do in four years. Uh, I'm Canada having the same thing uh, leading into Vancouver. It was Torino where they're like, you know, okay, let's, let's really push hard so that in four years, we're not just automatically qualifying. We're actually ready for it. Straight. Similar thing. Atlanta was our most successful Olympics that we'd ever had outside of uh, Melbourne. And then four years later, obviously we had Sydney. Jared, jump on with me here. Quarterfinalist minimum for Canada 20. I mean, you're, you're great at predictions usually. I don't know what's happening with this World Cup, but uh, I mean, you, you know, are you feeling it? Are you feeling the Canada quarterfinal love four years' time? I don't know if I'm feeling quarterfinals, but definitely out of the group. Yeah. Like round of 16 minimum. Well, of course, in four years' time, you'll have the round of 32 as well, remember, because our groups in four years' time are only going to be three countries per group. 
and then we have sort of it's almost becoming tennis, you know, that we've got like a, a round of 32. But did you, I mean, I'm, I'm assuming, Jared, you probably didn't get up at 3 a.m. to watch Canada, but like did you catch the game later, watch the, the highlights, see Alfonso score the first goal ever for a male in a World Cup? I did catch the highlights and, I mean, it was great. And like we've said, it, was, it paralleled the Australia game so much, like Australia-France, like scoring that early. Um, also, like the away jerseys were on point. Oh yeah, uh, which is Black's just worth nice, mentioning. Yeah, um, yeah, and I feel like there probably is another team, but I haven't seen like another team in that. Um, so yeah, I think yeah, everything you said, something to build on. Um, yeah, the sport's just going to go go massive in Canada over the next couple of years. It's actually fascinating to think that you've had your first game you played in your your away white, and your second game you played in your third jersey black. Which again, not many countries have played in their third jerseys these World Cup, and I'm guessing. Morocco, because Morocco generally wear a red strip as well. Um, and you, well, you're listed as the home side. So I'm assuming you will get to finally wear your red. So you might be, Colin, here's history for Canada. Maybe the only country this World Cup that will wear three different kits. Congratulations. <laughs> and, you know, when we when we had our bucket list, it's like we want a goal, we want to win a game, and we want to wear all three jerseys. So exactly. two out of three, that's going to be our success ratio. Exactly. Meatloaf, meatloaf, two out of three ain't bad. Um, I, yes. <laughs> I don't think we've quite gotten it to won't. the meatloaf joke that's coming soon in 2023 on off the podium. But um, <laughs> Jared, do you have a favorite meatloaf song? <laughs> Uh, it's got to be Bad Out of Hell, right? Oh, good song. There we go. Yeah. Got a good answer. Right. Coming soon in 2023, the meatloaf joke on <laughs> Off the Podium. The year of the loaf in the, 2023. The year, of, the year of the loaf. Is there much talk about this game against Morocco, though? Because, I mean, sort of, we'll obviously talk about what are the ramifications for the last couple of games out of the group stage, but Canada can't advance. But, I mean, Morocco, Belgium, Croatia all can. So... people just talking about we want to get a point, we want to get a win, fuck Morocco, (laughs) like, you know, we we don't want them advancing, screw them, we don't like Casablanca, it was a shit movie. Like, I mean, I don't know, like, what's the talk ahead of this game, which at the time recording this is in a couple of hours. We obviously realise people listening to this, the game's already been done and won, but we're recording this a few hours beforehand. So what's the talk in Canada about this game now? It's not that anybody's so invested that, like, we have to get a win or that even that's being talked that much, but... That is kind of the goal. If we can get a win, then again, we've checked now all three boxes, jerseys <laughs> and point. And, uh, but uh, uh, what I actually find interesting is that um, the uh, leading into the, the second game is uh, Cineplex, our big movie theater chain here, said we're going to carry the last two games uh, where you can see it in theaters. And uh, I didn't have time to go uh, last time, but uh, uh it's it's not like they said, oh, we're going to carry it on the weekend and then see how that one goes. Like they're still going ahead with this and it's still being put on to CTV, like the national network in the middle of the day. So uh, it's not like the, uh, the the hype behind the game has died down. It's not like people are saying, oh, I'm not going to bother to watch, although I sadly won't be able to watch. But that's uh, that, that's true because I have to work. Uh, <laughs> I'll be going out of town. But, uh, you know, other than that, I mean, th- there's still a lot of eyes on the game, but uh, that there's not that firm expectation. We have to do this. This is what we have to do. It's more just, Hey, one last chance to see Canada. And maybe if we're lucky, we'll come away with the win. Well, I've got some good news for you, Colin. The game is going to be refereed by Raphael Claus. So Santa's brother is uh, getting a chance to go out there and uh, bring some Christmas magic to Canada out there on the pitch potentially. So uh, I I know Jared's a big fan of Raphael. Aren't you Jared? He's your favorite referee. That's it. 
Clause all the way. <laughs> it's it's the referee clause, basically. <laughs> when it when it comes, uh, he's Brazilian, by the way. Don't know how uh, much Brazil and Christmas go together, but I'm sure they have Christmas in Brazil. Do they? I don't know. Uh, I mean, Brazilian listeners, what's our percentage in Brazil for listenership? Uh, I'm sure they're all right now focused about Christmas and not like their religion of football right now watching. <laughs> they're all like, hey, I'm Brazilian. I, I, that's Italian. Hey, I'm Brazilian. <laughs> How does a Brazilian? Mamma mia. I've got Brazilian friends. How do they, I don't, oh, no, we're not going down that path, Ben. But like, hey, mamma mia, I'm Brazilian. <laughs> go, go Brazil, Neymar, yeah, Christmas time. Um, I have no idea what's going on right now. Um, we'll talk more about, as I said, the ramifications, what that will mean and everything that, but come on, get on board the green and gold, Jared Lubeek, what the hell happened a week ago? We're here, the ones going like, oh, we suck. This is not happening. Colin's more confident because they've done well against Belgium. We're being spanked hard by the French. Oh, what the hell's going on? Doom and gloom. But somehow, somehow we beat Tunisia, one nothing. Yep, Mitch Duke, nice little goal there. That works. Saturday night, prime time. You talk about ratings bonanza. Like, SBS got more people watching it than they ever have since, like, 14-year-olds are watching naked French chicks in the 2000s. Don't know any about that. And then it's all on the line. Australia versus Denmark, 2 a.m. We can make it. We can draw it. Let's be honest. I'm not really feeling that confident because Denmark, pretty good side, all that sort of stuff. And we win. We're through. Not only did we get through, we won two games. The first time we've ever won consecutive games. First time we've ever won two games in one World Cup. Uh, we finished second only on goal difference. So we tie basically in the group stage with the French. Thank you very much. And now we are about to play Argentina, Lionel Messi. And right now we're just like, yeah, fuck Messi. We're pretty good. <laughs> so... Wow, Jared. I mean, how are you feeling? This is this is amazing. I don't think anyone in Australia could even predict this. No, like last episode, I was so down on our chances after that first match. I'm like, we're finishing like last in that group. There's no way that we're getting out. Uh, and the fact that like we pulled it out with these two like one nil wins, um, I think yeah. What makes it even better is I think the same. Like I was like, well, like maybe we can draw. So we're really like relying on like. France here and obviously like France phones it in, puts in like all their second rate players. Nine of their best players um, have just <laughs> gone to the local Qatari pub to have some beers while the B team are playing. So no help from them. Tunisia obviously win. And like, so the only way we're getting through is a win. And the fact that, yeah, we pulled it out was just amazing. And it was such like the second half, the way we played in the second half of that match against Denmark was just so good. The thing that was so fascinating about Denmark came out and I'm thinking like, you know, Denmark are just going to pepper the shit out of this and we're going to play for the draw. And we sort of looked like we were, but I had the laptop on in front of me as well as a TV. So I'm watching the France Tunisia game. Tunisia had a goal disallowed, I think in the first like 10 minutes in their first half, but then they score. And then all of a sudden you're thinking, fuck, like we're going to go out and goal difference like we did back in 2010. But then it was literally five minutes later that Leckie scores that goal. And what a goal it was too, by the way. And then from that point on, it's just like, wow. And like, you weirdly feel bad for Tunisia um, at the same time. But then Denmark, just like at the end of the game, it didn't seem like they cared. Like it just, I don't know. For a side that's battling it out to, to make it through, they just didn't really seem to care. But it was just, it was insane. It was just incredible. And, you know, this is at 2 a.m. for the Eastern States in Australia, 
Federation Square in Melbourne is just the scenes there that we've seen there last Saturday night. And then, like, it's it's made, like, CNN and BBC basically showing, like, the scenes in Australia at 2 a.m. of watching this World Cup. I don't know, Colin, I know I shared it in our group, but I don't know if it's made the news there. But it's just, it's incredible. And now everybody in this country is fighting to have an open viewing spot for Sunday morning at 6 a.m. I mean, the fact that here in Sydney, Jared, like, just the fighting over trying to find a spot for it. But, I mean... You, we talked about 2006 a lot of the time. There's just something different about this because, like, 2006, I don't want to say it was expected, but it wasn't a surprise given who we had back then. And looking back on that, that's called the golden generation, of course. Whereas now, this is a side that barely even qualified. We didn't even think we were going to make it. And then it's all of a sudden it's like, oh, yeah, we're just sending, you know, a bunch of local players who barely play in Europe. And all of a sudden we're about to face fucking Messi in the – Second round of the World Cup. I mean, I, I'm saying this now, this is better than 2006. The fact that we got out of this group, and not just because we won two games versus a draw and a win, but, I mean, this is just, this is so unexpected, and somehow we've done it, and it's just, it feels better. Yeah, I agree. I think, like, the like the lead-up as well, just there was, like, nothing of note. No, like, really positive good wins. Uh, the fa- I think what makes it different, too, is, like, the start to, like, the group as well, like, starting mm. just so, yeah. like poorly it was the opposite in 2006 we started with the win didn't we mm. yeah so expectations were just like they were already low and they're even lower and yeah just like getting out somehow and like those two like gritty wins like the tunisian match as well like i didn't get to see the first half but the second half like edge of my seat the whole time like come on like please do not let them score so um yeah i agree with you there's something about it that's just even more special. And I think too, like them kind of flashing back and having like people in the team who like, you, you know, grew up watching the 2006 players and were kind of inspired by that moment. The fact that now like we're back there again, is just, is amazing. Unexpected. The, 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 the weirdest thing about that Tunisia France game is I think they ended up bringing Mbappe on like with 10 minutes ago. And then basically our game ended. And then I think France scored because they had like five minutes more to go. But then there was like this long period of VAR where it was eventually disallowed. So like I was thinking about like imagine if we Denmark had a scored, it was a draw, and we were like having to watch that last five minutes, and basically it came down to that VAR decision. It was a very similar thing what happened with Mexico getting eliminated basically by Saudi Arabia scoring that goal late that basically eliminated Mexico. But like, can you imagine if that had have happened? <laughs> Like mm. Just, oh, that would have been terrible. Like, but I'm, I'm glad that we got through with a win and that it wasn't just like, oh, we played safe, got the draw. Because, like, like I'm saying this right now, we are not beating Argentina. I mean, my initial predictions before we did this, as I said, we would make the round of 16 and we will lose to Argentina. I legitimately think we will probably get spanked 4-5-0. Mm. But there's this weird level of confidence about us now where it's kind of like, yeah, Messi, fuck him. Who's that guy? Never heard of him. Yeah. Whatever. We can win 1-0. We're good yeah. at that. Yeah. I'm hoping that USA beat the Dutch and then we beat uh, Argentina. So it's a USA-Australia quarterfinal, the battle of the soccer nations, because then you were literally guaranteed to have USA or Australia in the semifinals mm-hmm. at a World Cup. I mean, what the fuck's going on there? Yeah. Um, so, I yeah. agree with you about the win as well. Like, it's nice to... As much as like you can play on like, oh, we need like this result and like these are the permeations and this, that, whatever else. It's nice to just get a win and that confidence and like... It's obviously not possible, but it would be so good if, like, the groups are blind and you didn't know the results of any other matches would just be, like, amazing, perfect world scenario. Yeah, and, and one thing that I think will come out of this, no matter what, is I legitimately, 
no matter how much hope and that Australian spirit that everyone talks about that we have, realistically, I don't think anybody believes we will beat Argentina. And I think that even if we get beaten 10 nil, we're still going to come out of this and go, well, that was fun. That was a ride. And outside of that too, it is that experience that we are seeing in a country that doesn't really give two shits about soccer at the best of times that, I mean, can you think of another sporting moment that brings people together like this in this country? Like cricket doesn't do this in Australia. Mm -hmm. Like we're so divided over our football codes that AFL and rugby don't do it the entire country. The Olympics don't do it. Like this is insane. And the amount of people that you will see at Federation Square, Darling Harbour, Brisbane are doing a site, Perth are doing a site, Adelaide are doing a site. I'm sure even Hobart are probably doing a site. Like I don't think we will ever have a bigger unifying part of this country for a sporting event for a very long time. I'm sad to say that the Women's World Cup next year probably won't have this, unfortunately. But, I mean, like, this is crazy for a country that doesn't give two shits about soccer that this is going to be happening on Sunday morning. Hmm. Yeah, it's it's insane. Um, and the fact, too, like, that it's every four years and, like, to do, and going in that we didn't have much hope and these people still are, like, showing up, at, like, religiously yeah. at, like, these early hours of the morning. And I mean, Australia, Argentina too. Like we've we've got a history of, of oh, yeah. losing to the winners of the tournament in uh in the round of sixteen. So if we fucking lose in the 89th minute from a fucking penalty to fucking Messi, like I'm still bitter over Italy sixteen years later, right? Like I love Italy as a country. They've got the best cars in the world, some of the best food in the world. I'm looking forward to the next Olympics. Anything to do with soccer with that country, fuck them. I have no opinion really on Argentina. Like. They're there. Madonna was in uh, Vita. Cool. Like Messi, whatever. Good on him. I like the uniforms. And Germany beat him in 2014. Suck at Argentina. But like legitimately, I picked them to win. And I'd be happy to see Argentina win because in my lifetime, never seen him win. But I'm telling you now, 89th fucking minute, if there's a fucking penalty and we fucking go out that way again, nah, I'm flying to Buenos Aires and I'm shitting all over there like church. I don't know what they have. But I'm I'm finding Messi and I'm doing a dump on his face. I don't even I, know who I'm directing I, that to people. I, I, I just find it funny that most people feel that type of anger towards Argentina because Madonna did a Vita and you're the opposite. <laughs> just, I just, it's, it's traumatic. Colin, you don't understand what that was like in 2006. Like, fuck Italy. <laughs> fuck their soccer team. Like, they went on to win the World Cup. But the history, though, Jared, like, in all seriousness, we beat them at the Olympics last year. Just saying. Even though, of course, you know, it's not really the same. Um, and the famous one, I think, was uh, 94, for the 94 World Cup, we had to go through all the weird playoffs that you used to have to go about then. We beat Canada on penalties, and then we had to go through Argentina to try and qualify in 94. And I think we did okay. We didn't lose as badly as we thought we would. But uh, anyway, Colin, I mean, I don't know if you watched this, what time it was on for you. I mean, it would have been probably early morning for you. But, uh, I mean... Did you see the highlights, results? What were your thoughts on Australia? Because I'm sure is Australia your de-, de facto second team now that Canada are out because of us? Oh, I'm yeah, for me, hands down. I mean, especially since Mexico, oh. all of our prediction of Mexico oh. <laughs> isn't going to happen. Oh, <laughs> off the podium, Which, uh, first strikes again. <laughs> I said I would give a shout out to our friend and co-host, uh, Anthony Rocky. Uh, <laughs> Rocky, but uh, yeah, Rossi slash Rocky. Uh, I know he talked to Jared as well, but uh, he's been listening to our show and uh, not watching the World Cup. So maybe he'll watch uh, Get on America. board, like America against the Dutch. Come on, they're like my America. fourth team. Get on board, the Americans. I love them. 
but yeah, he he had some fun saying it's like, oh, glad to see you guys are doing so well with your Mexico prediction. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's it, it's it's great to have somebody to root for. And, and what I think is even better is uh, what you're saying, which I wasn't completely aware of that. Like I, I would have assumed soccer maybe would have been uh, a slightly bigger deal. And the fact that you're saying like, okay, AFL doesn't do this. The Olympics doesn't do this. It's great when a country can really get behind something because then you want to root for them more. You want to see that that enthusiasm of the fans and all that. Uh, And I'm I'm envious because I'm not envious because you're advancing and, and Canada's not. I'm envious that you had that blowout in the first match, whereas mm. Canada, we had to go through the, oh, we did so well. And now, now, now it's going downhill and now it's going to go, you know, not even be worth it to, to even watch the, the third run. Although I'm sure everybody's still going to be watching it uh, to, to have that comeback story. I think this was so exciting because I was watching the Tunisia one and I'm like, I don't know if you guys are going to make it. And then, you know, it, 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 as, as it's going, I'm like, oh, okay, it's looking better for you. It's looking better for you. So, so getting that bad game out of the way first, uh, it's it's like the perfect storm to build that enthusiasm for what you're talking about. It's yeah, like to me, I would compare it to 2010 Olympics with you guys with the the hockey. Um, sort of you know mm. everybody stopped more. Yeah. It's like it's just because we are a weird country in the fact that you know our national sport is cricket, but I mean cricket's just that oddity of a sport where yeah, there's a World Cup and yeah, everything like, that, but like there's just so much cricket that generally it's not really something where it's like oh, there's all of this, this is going to happen, let's all stop and watch cricket. Like, it's just not really a thing. And then because our biggest sport is AFL, but then Sydney doesn't really give two shits about AFL. Brisbane doesn't, you know, like, so you've got these big population centres that are caring about a different sport. So it we don't, for a, such a sporting nation, we don't really have, you know, that sport or whatever that we're always so behind, like you guys do with hockey. Like, you know, you guys stop for that at the Olympics. Uh, the only thing that I can think of is obviously Kathy Freeman at the Sydney Olympics, you know, 2000. I mean, the Melbourne Cup is the race that stops a nation, but I mean, that's more of a case of we just want to dress up, get drunk and stop work for three minutes and, you know, eat some fancy food. I mean, I, I did it at work this year. I don't give a shit about horse racing. I'm like, oh, cool, that horse won. Yay. Um, I couldn't fucking tell you who won it this year. But anyway, like, I'm sure it's the same for most people. But, um, yeah, it's just – it's a unique experience that um, – and it's, it is interesting. Which I like I always like to say that soccer in Australia is kind of like it is in the States. Like, it's sort of – it's got a following. Don't get me wrong. Mm. It's not like – you know, it's not like ice hockey in Australia where nobody follows it unless you're in a real niche. It's it's more of a case of, though, that we've just got bigger sports that dominate the market so much. It's like number five on the list of, you know, most important sports for people. And, I mean, I work now for the league, the major league in Australia, and it's it's interesting kind of seeing that perspective from that side of things. But, yeah, soccer's not going to be as big as AFL or cricket or rugby in this country. But, um, yeah, anyway, I don't know where is I'm it, going. Is it comment. the – is it <laughs> – then it is probably the underdog aspect that, you know, you're competing against the best countries in the world. Maybe it's not necessarily the sport that everybody would have watched before. Whereas if you're, if you're watching rugby or cricket, there's those expectations we have to, and I think we've already gone through plenty of times on the show, the, the difference between say Canada and Australia, is just that there's so much expectations that are put on the sports where you do exceed 
that if you get one where where there's maybe just that slight bit of doubt, oh, you know, it's probably not going to happen, that uh, you get that much more interest in it and that much more excitement because you're doing better than expected. Yeah, exactly. And I think it's, it is it is definitely that. And, like, I mean, it, it comes from that level of we know this is the biggest sporting stage in the world and, and you know. Bragging rights. Yeah, you're on the outside looking in going like, you know, oh, it's it's great. You get behind it. Um, and it is a world game. Soccer is the world game, no matter what it is. Mm. Um, so it's a sport that realistically we're never going to win the World Cup, at least the men's. We probably can win the women's World Cup because we're generally a lot better in the women's World Cup than the men's. But realistically, at least in our lifetime, I don't think it will ever happen. But Did- the fact that making the round of six, and this is what is great about the World Cup, though. You think about it like we're celebrating making the round of 16 where we're probably going to get spanked. Whereas if this was Argentina – Oh yeah, we just made the round of sixteen. Like, duh. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's it's kind of that level where if there was a cricket World Cup, and we just saw that with the twenty twenty World Cup straight into the semifinals, it was disastrous. Like, oh, what a failure, you know. Whereas we're expected to go all the way. So, mm. yeah, I don't know. Jared Collins chime in. I don't know what I'm. What I'm, I'm just ranting. It's interesting. Oh, I was just gonna say, it's like it's like the nature of the, the way the sport, I suppose, works as well is what makes it so exciting that fan interaction because like it can just be like one goal and it's such like a huge like concentrated moment of celebration whereas other sports like cricket like they hit a six you're not going to like go off each time somebody like Mm. hits a six and you know kind of ahead of time like whether they're going to win the match or not whereas this is kind of like especially like these close like one nil wins are like live the whole way through yeah yeah you you know the, the fact that uh this is something that happens every four years. I mean, similar to the Olympics. I think the difference with the Olympics, no matter what the sport is, is that there's so many eyes on so many different sports. And with this, it's every four years and it's the only thing going on, unless it's the Davis Cup, which uh, I'm guessing got about as much attention in Australia as it got here in Canada, which was none. Uh- <laughs> which is like ridiculous because, I mean, I remember growing up, that was a huge deal. And like, I just think, has, has, Jared, you're a big tennis fan. Has the Davis Cup just lost its pizzazz? Because it used to be a, such a big deal. But now it was kind of like, I just saw a tweet, Australia's made the final of the Davis Cup. Oh, and we're playing Canada. Okay. <laughs> like, what's happened to the Davis Cup? Yeah, it was all like the format changes. So it used to be like home and away ties and like five set matches. And now like they've tried, I suppose, condense it. It's in like the one setting, it's group stages instead of, I don't know. It was kind of, there's, they've ripped out like the soul of it. Cause it was like the loud, crazy fans in the stands. Yeah. Like if you're a away team, like getting like jeered at and booed at. Uh, and now it's nothing like, I mean, most of the coverage now has been like negative on like, Nick Curious should have played and he didn't and Canada didn't, didn't deserve to win because they got knocked out and got, only got a wild card back in because Russia got kicked out. So this, that, whatever else. Well, congratulations to Canada, by the way, uh, for winning the uh, Davis Cup, Colin. Um, big achievements. It's, yeah, it's, I know this isn't the Davis Cup episode here, but I mean, it's it's sad because I mean, I, the first I heard about that was when uh, you sent us the 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 picture mm. just before Canada's game in the World Cup, and I'm like, well, nobody's going to be watching this, which is sad. And I kind of wish that I had been watching that because <laughs> it was a better result. I mean, tennis is like it's it's not the biggest sport in Canada, but there's enough attention on, especially when we've had like, especially like Jeannie and Milos Ronic and uh, especially with Bianca, Bianca anytime yeah. where Canada's got a, a shot. And even if we're making the finals or, or the semifinals that, that suddenly becomes now the country stops to watch tennis. And here we have maybe one of the, should be one of the biggest moments. 
and not a single eye in the country was on it. Well, it's, I mean, it's, it's a good point you raised that because they just released the end of year TV ratings in Australia because the ratings period just ended and like the most watched thing of the year was the AFL grand final. Then it's like the state of origin, then the NRL grand final, but the technically the actually biggest watch show of the year because it falls out of the ratings period. It doesn't count, but was Ash Barty winning the Australian open. I think that got like a million or 2 million more people than the AFL grand final did. So the AFL grand final pulls like what? 4 million people, which doesn't sound like a lot column in Australia. That's like, you know, uh, a, it's a big deal. Same here. Yeah. yeah whereas, Four millions. What we got. So, yeah, yeah. Americans listening going 4 million. What are you talking about? But like, <laughs> but like, I think Ash got like 6 million or something like that. And I think to this day, like if you look at the top 20, most watched shows in the history of Australia. The Leighton Hewitt final against Safford in 2005 is, I think, still in the top 10. Um, you know, so tennis is one of those ones which Australians will all of a sudden jump on and get behind. And we saw that with Ash earlier this year. So anyway, uh, Davis Cup Oz coming soon in the <laughs> spin-off um, with that. Um, so obviously now with the Socceroos, we're through. We'll play Argentina. 6 a.m. Uh, Sunday morning. Jared, are, you playing? are we heading to Darling Harbour together? Are we getting, grabbing Jimmy, grabbing the squad, going to find Lancey as well, get the Oslots back together? Like, are you wanting to go out somewhere public or are you just going to sit in your jammies out there and uh, watch it? I think it's got to be jammies. Cup of tea, jammies. You know. <laughs> he never wants then, to meet me. <laughs> <laughs> Family Christmas is on that day. Oh, <laughs> I think <laughs> gonna put the jammies around. If we're up five, he's gonna be using the family time, Christmas. I might consider heading down to, to Darling Harbour. <laughs> Just wait until March when Family Christmas is still his excuse for uh, meeting up with you. <laughs> Hanukkah is on that time. I don't want to meet me, Jared. Just say so. It's fine. Like I know I've moved to your city, but like you know, come on. All right, we're, we're grown men. I, I, I have. <laughs> Sorry, I got big big plans to celebrate Arbor Day today, Ben. I'm yeah. gonna have to take a pass. Yeah. I'm pregnant. Um, <laughs> I'm washing the dogs at night. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I'm debating going in and seeing it. Um, the, the thing is, because the USA game is on at like two, and I want to watch that. Um, so, but oh God, that just makes me excited. I think we could have a USA Australia quarter. It's not gonna happen, but like, I mean, come on, that would be so epic. Um, Outside of that, we'll go through some of the other results and look ahead just to some of the knockouts. Obviously, again, we're sort of recording this in a weird phase where releasing this, there will be basically one more round to go in terms of deciding the knockouts, but uh, we'll, we'll obviously discuss a little bit of that. Got to mention Germany. Come on. Got the draw against Spain, luckily. And thank you, Costa Rica, for beating Japan. Like, I like I, I actually do really like the Japanese team. And, I, you know, weirdly I'm rooting for them to get out of the group, but not at our expense. So, uh, obviously, we choked against Japan. But then Costa Rica out of nowhere. I think they had one shot on goal in the entire tournament, and they've got a goal from it. Um, so, then the draw came Spain and Germany. So... Happy with that one. Jared, on the Dutch side of things, obviously I know you're a bit partial to the Dutch, even on those horrible uniforms. Let's go on that again. But, uh, I mean, you're happy that the Dutch have gone through on top and, uh, you know, undefeated against the Americans now in the round of 16? Yeah, it's looking promising for them. I feel like it, like the Dutch and the Spanish for me are kind of the two teams that have stood out so far. Um, so, I'm, yeah, quietly confident. I'm just thrilled that England drew against USA and then they were getting booed off the pitch after their 6-2 win. And now, like, I'm surrounded by English people at work and it's just ridiculous. But, like, uh, you, you know, they snuck through against Wales, of course. So uh, they're going on. They play Senegal, which uh, 
I love Senegal. I just I love their team. I love just so many good memories mm-hmm. of them. Did you do you remember four years ago they had that like dance routine before one of their training matches and somebody dubbed over it DuckTales, the DuckTales theme. That is one of the greatest things. Like if I'm ever sad, I just put that on. It's just these Senegal footballers on the pitch and you go, DuckTales, like it's so good. Um, but yeah, uh, Colin, do you have like outside of Australia, Canada, Again, I don't know if you really give two shits about the US. and We'll talk about Mexico in a second. But do you, like, who's your your country out of all of those? I don't know. I think we talked about this, but I don't listen to you, so I have no idea. Um, I don't really have one. I mean, this, this World Cup's kind of determining who my country is. And I've been watching you know a lot of these upsets, kind of hoping that Japan will sneak through. Or Saudi Arabia. I would get on the Saudi Arabia bandwagon they're if they out. could pull up another one. Oh, they're but, in the uh, bad books. Yeah, they're out. <laughs> yeah. Choked. <laughs> but... Uh, I, I I've been loving these upsets because I think everybody kind of likes to root for the underdog team. So, I mean, going into the next round, I'll sort of be looking at, okay, these are the underdogs and that'll be the one to get behind. Well, I'll go through who have got qualified so far. Cause there's some interesting ones looking ahead of this. So group a, uh, the Dutch are through, uh, two wins and a draw Senegal go through, uh, basically it all came down to Senegal, Ecuador because Qatar. <laughs> wow. Um, out, Duds. <laughs> they had the thing is that I like. I'm I'm a bit sad for Qatar because like I do kind of always like to see the host nation go well. Yeah. And the thing that like I feel bad for them like it they've had twelve years to prepare for this like it's not like an Olympic cycle where you get seven or six like generally a World Cup cycle it's not a set time but if I'm not mistaken this might be the longest period a country's had to prepare for it so they've had twelve years to know that they're doing this and they go out like one goal. Seven, oh. like it was just, oh God, what, what happened? Yeah, I remember, I don't even remember when it was like years ago, I guess once these venues are being built and talk about, oh, Qatar is going to have the world cup. And I don't know if this has been made as big of a deal, but like the climate there mm. and that was thought to be, oh, this, this could be an obstacle for a lot of the other countries, but Qatar will have an advantage because, you know, this is what they're used to playing in. And, it is kind of sad because for one thing, you can never hold it against the athletes. I and mean, we talked about this so much with Russia in the, the Olympics. We can't, you can't fault the athlete. The athletes have nothing to do with the politics. And you, you, you obviously can't fault, uh, you know, Russia for being banned from competing as a nation, but you do feel bad for those athletes. And I mean, these athletes, they've been waiting for this forever. They had a lot of advantages. And I think two out of the three of us pick them as our dark horse. Yeah. And what, what, who was it? Was it Ben? You picked Canada as yours, or uh, no? I uh, like what overall, or well, we each kind I of had, picked like oh, the one team that will be sneaky and get through. I my my had been Australia. Uh, no, I had Qatar going yeah. out of the group just based purely on host nation history. Yeah, uh, so that's the and, only and reason like, why. I did uh, it's sad because it wasn't even close, and I don't. Yeah. I, don't think I have at least South Africa when they missed out, they only missed out on my goal difference. So like, at least when they hosted it, they still nearly made it out of the group. Sorry to interrupt Colin. Yeah. It's just, I don't, I don't know. I haven't heard enough talk to know what went wrong for Qatar because they had so many things in their favor. Yeah. And the thing is with Qatar too, like it's not like that the most difficult group, like outside of the Netherlands, I mean, Senegal are good, but their best player was out. Ecuador are kind of like that fourth South American nation that nobody really gave a shit about. So you know, like it's it just you would have liked to see him get a draw. Like I don't know, it's yeah, I'm with you. Like you feel I don't know. Joe, do you have an opinion on Qatar? Like, uh, do you not give a shit? <laughs> yeah, I don't really care. 
Did I pick them finishing <laughs> last? Did I pick them finishing last in the group? I don't you know. Did. I didn't think they were going to do well. Yeah, I'm going to talk about these predictions in a moment because we're going to. It's going to I'm probably have to get stuff off air when the round of 16 is done because um, obviously we can't really do that fully. So that group finishes: Dutch on top, Senegal second, Ecuador third, Qatar fourth. So second time Senegal have made it out of a group. They did famously back in 2002, and then four years ago they actually only missed out on fair play. They obviously tied with Japan. Johnny. Johnny, yeah. Uh, I believe it was Japan they tied with. They were tied on, like, goals for, against, difference, everything. And it all comes down to red cards and yellow cards. And I think they had one more yellow card than Japan, so they didn't make it through to the next round. So there you go. Group B, now that was a, an interesting one because, of course, Iran ended up beating Wales and then the U.S. drew with England. So that set up an interesting sort of final group where all teams could make it. But England go through on top. Two wins and a draw. The U.S. do make it through uh, a win, two draws. Iran don't make it through, sadly for them. And Wales don't even come out of it with a win. Poor old Gareth Bale. So uh, that will set up some interesting ones in the round of 16. Group C, this was very exciting. And I'm so sad for Mexico. What the hell? Like, like if you put money on a team making it out of the group, generally it's Mexico. Like, and they don't even like, oh, I felt so bad for them. And then it all came down to like goals and all this sort of stuff. Argentina, after choking against Saudi, they end up going through quite easily. Poland, out of the group for the first time since 1986. So congratulations to Poland. Uh, Mexico, third and Saturday. This was a tight group, um, which is probably a lot tighter than anybody there. Can we just talk about Mexico quickly? Jared, mm. what happened? Saudi Arabia, what was that? Yeah. You weren't winning in injury time. Like, clearly you knew. And you just crushed these people's dreams. Like, why? They hate Mexicans. Um, <laughs> racist. Racist Saudis. So bad. And just, like, that was something that I I actually felt, like, really confident in that. I just yeah. had, like, a strong gut feeling. I'm like, they're easily making it out of the group. I've got this gut feeling that they're going to go really far this year. And just, like, nah. And at the, you know what? At the end of the day, when Saudi beat Argentina, I'm kind of like, well, at least if Mexico don't make it, I kind of want Saudi to do. And no disrespect to Poland, but I kind of forgot they're even in the World Cup. So I'm just kind of like, oh, yeah, Poland are there. Okay, good for them. Um, so, I mean, I'm kind of happy that they've obviously made it through the first time since 86. Good for them. But uh, poor Mexico. Colin, Mexico. I feel so bad for Mexico. You gave me the year, how long it's been for Poland. So I just as a Canadian, 1986 to 2022, they now become my default, I guess. So I'm on team <laughs> Poland. But, uh, I'm, I'm just, I'm so glad because I was legitimately looking for a Mexico jersey after the last episode. I'm like, nice oh, jersey too. And obviously I didn't find one. I'm not wearing it right now, but uh, <laughs> no knock against Mexico. But I'm kind of glad that I didn't spend all that money on a Mexican jersey. <laughs> I mean, it is it is a shock. Like, I don't think people are talking about this enough that, like, Mexico didn't make it out of the group because, I mean, it's not like they're, you know, renowned for going on to, to winning the whole thing. But you've got to go back to 1978 to when they didn't make it out of the group. Uh, wow. And and since then, they didn't qualify in 82. They were banned in 1990. I don't know why they were banned. That's interesting. Um, but, I mean, you look between 94 and 2018, round of 16, couldn't make it to the quarters. They hosted in 86, made it to the quarters. Um, so, I mean, obviously, you know, bodes well for them in four years' time. Just like Canada, they will also make the quarterfinals in their home uh, World Cup. But, yeah, I just oh, I feel but so bad for them. 
But but I think that to me that's more disappointing that you are four years away from mm. your World Cup and you're not making a better showing. And this is going back to my point about CONCACAF not having a fantastic World Cup. I mean, I'm saying this right now, I'm jinxing poor old Germany. We're going to do what we did four years ago, expect to beat South Korea, we choke. We're going to expect to beat Costa Spectre. Rica, we choke. Spectre, exactly. Said Mexico. Um, so, yeah, anyway, so that group, Argentina on top, Poland, Mexico, Saudi Arabia. Saudi Arabia finished last after beating Saudi Arabia, uh, beating Argentina. How do you how do you figure that? Uh, group D, the French go through. So the curse is over for the World Cup champions, uh, the first European nation defending champion to make it to the next stage since uh, Germany in 94. They won in 1990. They made it. So there you go. That's a bit of history there for France. Good for you, France. Australia second. Woo! Uh, Tunisia, you kind of feel bad for Tunisia, but okay. And Denmark, just pathetic. Come on. You, you're like Princess Mary, like, just come back home. Don't live there anymore. Like, seriously, just the Danes, your semifinals in Euros. I talked you up. I said you were top in the group and France had changed. Let me down, Denmark. Just pathetic. When did they last win Eurovision, Jared? A while ago, right? Yeah, I want to say like 2011. Yeah, pathetic. Duds, get rid of them. Leave Scandinavia. Uh, just you're letting Scandinavia yes. down. Come on, <laughs> just pathetic, Denmark. I, I expect better from you. Um, which leaves uh, again at the time of recording this, we've still got groups E, F, G, and H to be decided. Uh, so essentially, Group E, anyone can qualify still. Um, so Spain on top, Japan second, Costa Rica third, Germany fourth. Uh, the final two games there, again, time recording this, we realise if you're listening to this, this has already happened. Uh, Japan and Spain play each other, Costa Rica, Germany. So for all of us German fans out there, the smart people, we do not want Japan to beat Spain. As the only time in my life, I will probably be rooting for Spain in the game of football uh, and we need Germany to beat Costa Rica. So that's what we need to happen, please. Uh, Group F, as we sort of talked about, Canada sadly out, but uh, Croatia, Morocco, Belgium can all qualify. Croatia and Belgium play each other. Morocco, Canada, of course, play each other. I I mean, like, I really want Belgium to go to the final and I like Belgium, so (laughs) I don't know how I'm feeling about that. But I'll actually see Morocco go through. Actually, I want to – fuck Croatia um, because (laughs) – Thank you. Did you you see – I mean, you're in Canada. Canada. I'm sure you heard all the controversy that what your coach, um, Herdman, basically came out during – before this game and was like, we're going to go fuck Croatia – and then Croatia beat you guys 4-1. So then uh, one of the Croatian players basically came out and was like, yeah, fuck Canada. We fucked you or something like that. So yeah. uh, did, did, was that making much news there, I'm guessing? It, it did a little bit. Um, but uh, I, I just noticed in that, like, there, there there, definitely seemed to be a lot of tension between the teams during that. So I think a lot of it came uh, to your I, goalie because your goalie's, like, born in yeah. Croatia and he was getting, like, He's a Croatian. lot of, like, racial slurs against him and all this sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, a bit awkward. Yeah, I mean, I... I I mean, Croatia, you know, obviously they were in this group, one of the, one of the powerhouses. I mean, there's basically Belgium and Croatia, I guess, were where the expectations were. But uh, I, I think I'm also going to be on the Moroccan bandwagon here. I yeah. mean, I, 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 why not? I, I think they haven't made it out of the group since like the eighties. So, um, mm. and I always, I, like, I always like rooting for, like, the African nations. Like, the African and the Asian nations, I always like to see them do well. So, um, Senegal through, of course. So, Potentially a great World Cup for Africa. Yeah, bloody hell. Cameroon can still get out. Through, Ghana, Ghana through. Yeah, all of them. Oh, well, Tunisia are out. But, I mean, they need, I mean Tunisia beat France. Mm. Like Again, overlooked. They still beat France. 
Um, so Morocco last qualified in 1986. They made the round of 16 in uh, 86. So uh, there you go. A bit of history potentially there for Morocco if they can get through. Um, Group G. Now, Brazil are through. Uh, just a matter of where they will finish. So then Switzerland, Cameroon, and Serbia all fighting for that last spot. I just have to give this to the Swiss because Switzerland just always get through. Like it's just, it's but so do Mexico usually. I'm I'm on team Cameroon here. I mean, they're not going to beat Brazil, but uh, I mean, Jared, I mean, again, Cameroon, like they're showing up every single day, getting out of the bus, they're dancing, they're clapping, they're happy. Like Cameroon might be the happiest country in the planet. I don't really know a lot about it outside of football, but um. Uh, who are you, who are you wanting to go through with Brazil here? Serbia, Switzerland, or Cameroon? Cameroon. Cameroon. I want like I want these these like four African nations into like the round of sixteen. Like that's got to be like a record. Yeah, uh, it would be. Yeah, oh, I think so. Yeah, it definitely would be. Colin, do you have much of a preference here? Serbia, Switzerland, Cameroon. Um, I'm S- Serbia just because of the twenty four. But uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll get I'll join the bandwagon though and get behind Cameroon. Uh, well, I guess I should be against Serbia because Jack Bauer's against Serbia. So yeah, hundred <laughs> percent Cameroon bandwagon. And you'll We're hate all on board. you'll hate and, Novak, right? Like, come on, it's actually it's Novak versus Roger Jarrett. Like, I mean, it's Serbia versus Switzerland, right? Yeah, we know how that normally ends up. <laughs> <laughs> if only Channel 7 were doing this and that's all the feed up, feedback we'll be getting there. Uh, and then Group H, which is like, I keep forgetting this group exists. I've been completely honest with you. Portugal are through. Um, again, similar to Group uh, G, just a matter of where they will finish. And then we've got Ghana, South Korea, and Uruguay. I don't give a shit about Uruguay. I'm sorry. Like uh, early 2000s Australian here. We don't give a shit about Luis Suarez. Stop biting people, mate. Just calm the fuck down. So screw Uruguay. <laughs> Just Simpsons. You are gay. But I like South Korea. I like Ghana. So, um, I'm just like I I really do want Ghana to go through, but I'm I'm jumping on the South Korean page here just because I, I I want another yeah. Asian nation to go through. Colin, you're agreeing with me there? Yeah, you know, uh, I've also seen how I'm not going to say seriously Korea takes sports, but how much they really value succeeding in sports. You know, because of the Olympics and all that. And uh, also, it, it would be nice. I mean, we, we've got Rossi listening to our show. Rocky, if we can get Noah on board. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure if Noah ever came on the show, he'd say something racist, but uh, if we could get, if we <laughs> get Noah on board and invested, although let's be honest, we know Noah, South Korea can exactly. win this whole thing. And, and he, he would know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The we world would cup be, on? Gonna, yeah. He's like, what's the world cup the next day? <laughs> Is that where they like count cups around the world? Like uh, <laughs> one cup. Uh, 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 he's Thomas Bach basically going through that one. Jared, I'm guessing Ghana, you're a team Ghana here. Yeah, I Ghana were kind of like my surprise pick in like the um, predictions. So I'm fully like on board that train. So yeah, Dark Horse to go pretty far, I think. Dream scenario for this, right? Ghana can still finish on top of the group. So if South Korea bump Portugal, smack them, shut up Cristiano Ronaldo, uh, and Ghana smack Uruguay, finish on top, and then Cameroon sneak in. We could have Ghana, Cameroon, round of 16, all African round. Of, that's never happened before. How would that be? I'm here for it. The the big thing, though, the talking point that I think we should mention, Ghana, Uruguay. Now, uh, long-term fans of the World Cup might remember a little quarterfinal back in 2010 between these two countries, which you want to know why I don't like Luis Suarez. 
fucking watch the footage of that game where he literally punches a ball off the line to stop a goal, gets sent off, red card. The Ghanaian player misses the penalty that would have sent Ghana through to the semifinals, went to penalty shootout, Uruguay through to the semifinals. An African nation has never made it past the quarterfinals. And this was the World Cup of Africa. This was the 2010 World Cup in South Africa. So there's a lot of talk about this around these two countries because that was a like one of the most controversial games you will ever watch. It was an incredible match to watch. But Ghana robbed, absolutely robbed. So again, fuck Uruguay. Uh, I, I hope Ghana 5 nil. Saying it right now, revenge. <laughs> 12 years of revenge. Go out there, black stars, kick some ass, kick Luis Suarez in the ass and bite it off him. Um, so the, the the round of 16 matches that at the time of recording this are secure. So Netherlands play the US on Sunday morning Australian time. Argentina play Australia, obviously. So the winners of those play each other. And then you've got England, Senegal, France, Poland. Uh, now, obviously we... We'd like to do some predictions. Um, we're probably going to have to do this off air because by the time we record next week, this is the weirdity of the way we're recording this. By the time we come on next week to record, all the round of 16 matches would have been done. So we would then be talking about the quarterfinals. So what I think we will do off air after the group stage is done, we'll maybe just do some predictions and I'll go over the points as well. Uh, but on air right now, actually before, before we go through those round of 16 ones, I'll just quickly go in the group predictions. Now, I'm doing this differently. A lot of the time with our predictions, we generally, you'll get like a point for being closest or two points for getting it completely correct. Because there's only four in a group, there's going to be a lot of ties here. So I'm only giving you points if you accurately got their finishing position in the group, if that makes sense. So there's no closest to the pin here. It's you've got to get it 100% correct. So group A, we all get a point for the Netherlands because we all predicted them being first. The only other person who gets a point in this group, Jared, because you correctly guessed Qatar would finish fourth. So um, <laughs> just saying, Jared, once again, uh, does all right. Off with, to a good start. <laughs> all that. So uh, Jared on two, Colin and I on one. Group B, a little bit better. Once again, we all got England correct. Uh, so we all get a point there for that one. And then Jared and I also get a point because we both correctly predicted the US in second. Colin predicted Wales going through in second. So, Colin, you suck at life. Um, group C, we were all correct on Saudi Arabia finishing last in the group. <laughs> so, we all get a point there. But uh, how nervous were we after Saudi Arabia won? <laughs> well, you know, quite nervous. Uh, Jared and I both get a point for accurately predicting Argentina coming out on top. So, there you go. While Colin, you, of course, said Mexico would finish on top. So uh, doing well there. And in Group D, uh, this is a weird one because you two both get a point for correctly predicting France coming out on top, but then I get a point for correctly predicting Australia would finish second. So uh, basically at this point, we've still got four obviously groups to decide, but Jared's on seven, I'm on six, and Colin's on four. So uh, there you go. So what we will do... We will tally this up once the group stage is done and we will talk about this off air and then we will all basically predict, like each round we will just do tipping basically, who's going to win each game. So um, I think technically we, so Jared and I, we accurately predicted Netherlands, USA would be playing each other in that round. Um, I correctly predicted Argentina and Australia would be playing each other. So there you go. Go me. I'm amazing. Um, 
and none of us got England Senegal. Um, so, uh, and none of us got France Poland. So, <laughs> doing well there. On air though, do these predictions right now. Um, Netherlands USA. Who's winning this one, Jared? Uh, as much as I hate their jerseys, uh, it's it's got to be Ned. Got to be Ned, uh, Colin. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna agree. Netherlands. <sighs> Look, I know Netherlands gonna win, but I want to get some fucking points back, and I'm going for the upset. USA, USA. Which I just want to say one thing. I love the Americans. I I always cheer for them in a World Cup. Australia has some pretty shit chants, but I honestly think I heard the shittest chant ever the other day when NBC or Fox or whoever it was shared America's chant at the World Cup, which literally was, let's go soccer. <laughs> let's go soccer. Although I do think that um, they were rebutting the English fans in the stadium later on by going, it's called soccer, uh, which that was funny, but like literally going, let's go soccer. Like, Come on, America. Um, Argentina. They're cheering for their favorite player. Go, you guy. (laughs) Kick the ball. (laughs) Score a goal. (laughs) My nan, when we used to uh, watch uh, Carlton games, like you'd be there and they'd be getting the ball. My nan would be like, kick it, kick it. Like, (laughs) yes, nan, that's what they do in football. They kick it. Uh, Australia, Argentina. I mean, we know the result. So are we all just going to pick the result here or? (laughs) Yeah, I'm, I'm saying Argentina, although I, I I was tempted to go with Australia. I'm like, there's been some crazy upsets. So maybe you do need the points, Colin. You do need the fucking (laughs) points, mate. Like, come on. (laughs) I'm going with Argentina. (laughs) Jared. Yeah. Argentina. Fuck it. I'm going Australia then. (laughs) 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 Got to risk it to get the biscuit in this world. (laughs) <laughs> to England Senegal is fascinating because like England one of the favorites you predict they would win this but England also do have a pretty bad habit of going out to countries that they're meant to beat they've got a big history in this in major tournaments and Senegal are deep like honestly on paper Netherlands USA Netherlands should win Australia Argentina Argentina should win pretty easy game to both those countries but Saying this now, Senegal in with a shot with this one. So I'm I'm going to jump in straight now. Senegal, they're doing it. They, they're 100% from making it out of the group stage to making the quarterfinals. They went to the quarters back in 2002. I'm saying it. They're, they're beating the English. And guess what, England? It's not coming home again. Suck it. I, Colin. I also was very tempted because I'm like, uh, is this going to be like we – completely cac you know we 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 have such high expectations and then it, it all gets ripped out from under us you know uh once we get past the the group stage but uh, am i right that uh england their, their loss was their first game right uh they haven't lost a game they they won two drew one oh, okay but the, the draw was their first one wasn't the it draw was the second one against america they, second, they okay. wales so. beat them the last game i ran in their first game they won yep uh, I almost want to go Senegal too, but no, I'm going to go England. All right. I don't think England's not going to go further than that though. Oh, okay. Uh, Jared, how are you feeling about this one? The strats, the strategies. Um, I think purely to point block Ben from getting a lead, <laughs> I'm going to go Senegal. 
Wow, I like this point blocking me. That's that's a that's an interesting one. Uh, I like it. France, Poland. Um, look, Poland are, are there. There they are. Look at them. <laughs> I'm seeing in front of me. Good on you, Poland. Um, look, this is a weird one. It's a country that gets invaded and a country that runs away. So, like, what do you do here? <laughs> uh, <laughs> 1940s jokes. How hilarious. Um, look, I'll be safe on this one. Go the French. Get, get in there, Mbappe. Mbappe your way into the quarters. Colin? I'm not going to be safe. I'm going to go with uh, Poland. So, look, I wouldn't be sad about that, to be completely honest. <laughs> Jared? Uh, France. See, look, realistically, if the te- the favourites win here, this would set up some juicy quarterfinals. If we have a Netherlands-Argentina quarterfinal and an England-France quarterfinal, uh, I mean, very good quarterfinals there if that happens. So, I think... These are some good semi, uh, good round of 16 matches. We've got some good quarterfinals potential here because even if it was like Poland-Senegal, there's history being going to be created there. Poland never made it past the quarter. Sent an African nation never there. Australia-USA, I've talked about that plenty of times. The fact is, uh, USA have actually made it to semifinals before, so it wouldn't be history for them, but it would be you know the first time in a long time. So anyway, obviously we'll have on paper... Uh, our predictions and maybe what I'll do if I can be bothered and have the time and, and want to do something interesting, maybe I'll post on our social media what our predictions are. Otherwise, we'll just come on air next week and talk about it because it's interesting to think that, again, this time next week we will be talking about quarterfinals. That will be done. Um, Jared, thank you for your time. Uh, are you going to outside of uh, Sunday morning, are you going to pay much attention to, say, Germany playing tomorrow morning or any of the other ones? It's just going to be more of a highlights catch-up to see what happens with the last couple of games. Um. I think a bit of both highlights for, for some of the matches, but definitely like Ghana, like I'm, I'm considering watching that live. Yeah. Get on, get your Ghanaian jersey, Jared. Mm. Get out I to haven't Ul- committed for a jersey yet, and that might be what it has to be if they make it through. Go to uh, Ultra Football. I think it's Marrickville is the, the name of the suburb. Um, they have probably like 20 of the World Cup jerseys there. So, uh, of course, no Canada. Uh, but uh, if you really want an Iranian jersey, you're in luck. <laughs> so, um, and we all do. Who doesn't? Um, Colin, uh, you said you're sadly going to miss the the Canada game, but uh, mm-hmm. are you going to have any chance to watch any of these other games? Pay any attention? Are you? I mean, for, so for you, the Australia game would be at one p.m. for you on Saturday, so that's doable for you, right? That one. Yeah, anything on Saturday I'll be able to watch. So I'll be watching US and I'll be watching Australia. Rooting for them, but uh, not holding my breath. Are you rooting for USA though? Like again, I know you're not meant to, but we talked about this. I mean, Canada kind of has this thing. Oh, we can't root for the US just because they're US. But I mean, I'm not really on that bandwagon. I like to see, especially I like to see them succeed in sports where they don't necessarily have that dominance because U.S. dominates in everything. It almost feels wrong to say that because you're like, oh, you've already taken so much from the rest of the world. You have to take soccer as well. But it's it's great. I just like seeing similar what we're getting in Canada. I like seeing new eyes on a sport where maybe they had kind of uh, written it off before. The one thing I just add on that, this is more related to what our show is actually about, the Olympics. I've been watching uh, NBC or Peacock NBC once a month have been doing a show called Chasing Gold. Kind of they're doing it once a month before Paris. And it's just basically a monthly look at how great America is on the world and how many gold medals we're going to win in Paris. But it's actually really interesting to watch because it's just the way they so casually are just like, and yes, the World Gymnastics Championships were on and we just won 10 gold medals. We're America. Fuck yeah. And they just like casually will just go like, in 
shooting. We won three gold. And in Alpine skiing, like, it's like, okay, we're good. And they had like a Nathan Chen interview this month and it was pretty interesting. But they actually did an update on the World Breaking Championships and, of course, uh, <laughs> Paris 2024. And just saying this right now, in uh, 2023, two break dancers we do have on this show already from Australia. The current reigning world champion in breaking for men, Colin, a Canadian, just won the World Breaking what? Championships. So, uh We'll have to try and get him on the show and we'll jinx him from winning a gold in uh, Paris. So. <laughs> Don't get him on the show. <laughs> in all seriousness, uh, those those two interviews I have done with break, breakers uh, are fantastic. And it's it's seriously just like sport climbing when we had Tom O'Halloran on. Didn't know much about the sport. We bagged it out. But once you talk to them and you learn about it, it's going to be so goddamn fascinating. Jared, you got this look on your face like you laugh. Like, you don't, you don't buy, listen to these chats, Jared, next year because seriously, I had that same look on my face and then I did the interviews and I, I, I'm turned. I'm looking forward to breaking. It's just the word. I, I'm imagining like the, the like world championships of breaking, like people like sitting in their cars and trying to like break as fast as possible. I'm like, <laughs> you had the shortest stopping distance. Here's your gold medal. Well, actually, that's that's coming to Brisbane in uh, 2032. And actually, just on the Olympic front too, we should mention, Colin, Vancouver no longer in the running for the 2030 Olympics. Not what? A, I didn't even hear that. Didn't this. you hear about that? No. Uh, oh. The BC government basically shut it down. The uh, and the <sighs> Indigenous leaders are trying to find other avenues to, to get funding for it. But basically, the BC government, because I think you've got a new one. I think, um, what's his face? John Horgan or whatever his name was when I was there. He's gone. And uh, there's a whisper that Calgary uh, might show a bit of interest, but they're saying it's a little bit too late. So it might just... Sapporo looks like they've basically just got the Olympics uh, in 2030 because uh-huh. Salt Lake are pushing back to 2032, uh, 2034. So it uh, looks like we're going to Japan in 2030. But, yeah, sadly, Vancouver looks like they're out of it. Uh, I'll, I'll bail the Indigenous people out. I'm not racist like the BC government. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Who are they from? Saudi Arabia? Is their name Noah? <laughs> uh, but there you go. Uh, like, subscribe, do all the regular things on our channels, obviously. We've got a couple more weeks of the World Cup to go. Uh, just a teaser that we've got a great interview to end the year on. We've got an Olympic gold medalist that you may go gobbledygook for on that final uh, week of the year. Uh, so get excited for that. And then to start the year next year, we have a goat of a sport and um, he's also a guy who's like old and wins medals still and rides horses. So um, (laughs) count, tick, work out what you're doing. Our first ever equestrian uh, athlete. So there you go. But uh, all to come here and off the podium. Enjoy the World Cup. We're pumped. Jared, thank you so much. I'll see you at 6am at Darling Harbour uh, for the family Christmas to get cancelled. Yeah, seven seven thirty when I'm at there for the second half when we're up by three goals at halftime. Yep, exactly. And Colin, fuck Morocco, spank their butts. By the time people are listening to this, we're celebrating Canada's twenty nil win over Morocco. I, yeah, and I'll just be crying about the fact that you guys will have seen it and I didn't. <laughs> well, I'm not getting up at 3 a.m. Sorry, you guys are out. Um, but, um, if you're still in it, I would. I've got Germany to worry about. Come on now, I've got a real team. Um, but uh, we'll be back next week again to talk about more World Cup action. Thanks for tuning in to Off the Podium. As always, shout out to Jason Momoa. Uh, meatloaf jokes coming soon. And remember to go left.